Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. It's Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW, for Social Worker and Harav Nissen, which is an amazing life skills, Harav Nissen. We mm-hmm. have over here a person for, let's first start, the number to call in to ask your question or your comment is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and we look forward to taking your question and your comment. So we're going to start. We have a caller on with name Mrs. D. Mrs. D, you're on with Mordechai and Tarav Nissen. Hi. Yes. Hello. Yes. Okay. My question is, I am in therapy right now, um, and officially it's marriage therapy, but um, my therapist has been going back like much older than everything. Um, I'm thinking very hard. Can you speak and a little a little bit more power? It's like coming out very low. Just a second. Okay, can you hear me now better? I hear you. Yeah, it's about, you see, it's not about you speaking. Put a little bit more energy in it. Hum. Power. Okay. So you heard my question? Your question is that you're a marriage count, marriage therapy, and your therapist is saying you need more inner work. All right. So he ha- he's been doing the inner work with me, and I'm taking it very hard. Like I'm being like into my own mind, and very like in dreamland a little bit. I'm wondering if that's normal or or not. Um, it's very, very difficult to answer your question because there's a lot more that I'm hearing that I'm able to say. So let's just get your question. And, and this is an old yesoy that I discuss with almost whoever comes to me for marriage counseling. And I explain the concept as follows. Marriage counseling are tools and techniques how to get a couple working together. So you're used to going to sleep late. Your husband's used to getting up, you know, going to sleep early. And marriage counseling is how do we work things out. Most of the cases that I get, it's not about a marriage counseling issue. It's about one or both of the spouses have issues of their past, and they're not able to be flexible. Or due to their pain, they're not able to work things out. So it's not about can we find a time that we both like that's not too early or not too late. Mm -hmm. You're stuck in going to sleep early, and let's say your spouse is stuck going to sleep late or you could never give in, and your spouse is always giving in. And part of the therapy is to teach you how to be flexible, to clear out your pain so you can deal with your issues, and therefore you can learn to be flexible. And chances are your, your spouse might need to learn how to be more assertive and more tough not to give in all the time. Mm-hmm. So now you're bringing up a separate issue, that if you're doing inner work, are you finding yourself more spacey or, or, or more whatever is happening, whatever you're feeling, I don't know what issues are being brought up. I don't know if you're on medication. I don't know if you want to answer that on air. I don't know what method of inner work your therapy, your therapist is doing. I don't even know if you're going to a licensed therapist, which also mean, make, means a lot. Um, Do you understand how your question is vague? All you're saying is you're doing inner work and you're finding yourself spacey. It could be many, many reasons for that. could be you're being, being faced, forced to face issues you didn't want to see, and now your, your body's denial system or protective system is kicking in. 
It could be that you don't even want to go to your past. You just want to work on the marriage. Oh, why are we talking about my past? I've got so many people that tell me I don't want to talk about my past. Well, we can't heal your present unless we clear up your past responses. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on. I don't know if you're in a major depression, and therefore sometimes I've got people who don't believe in medication, and therefore we say we need medication. There's a lot that we need to say. So mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. So back to your question. Your question is, is it normal to do inner work and to start being dazed? No. Do people say that? Do I have a few people telling me that? Yes. When we have it, do we have that there are some more issues going on? Absolutely. But that's not the normal part. So the question is, I would leave them for you, and this would be the free advice that you're getting. How traumatic was your past? How willing are you willing to go there? How overwhelmed are you currently in your life besides for going in your past? Okay, All my of past these are was very overwhelming need... and everything, and I don't prefer going back, but I guess I have no choice. Well, sure you do. You've got lots of choices. Part of the things we need to evaluate is do you need medication? Maybe you might need medication to help you out, or if you're on medication, maybe changing the medication. Or natural stuff, or starting to, start, starting to take care of yourself. Do you exercise? Do you go to any massages to ease up your body? The body stores a lot of tension. Do you have friends? Do you open up? Do you go? Do you ever laugh? Do you smile? I hear. All of these are part of what gets done in the evaluation and when someone is leading it. When you have a case manager, each of these points is what's happening. Uh-huh. Okay. Great. I get it. I thank you. Thank you so much. I would just like to give a mazel tov to a very, very close friend of the family. I'm not going to be mentioning their name on air because I think they prefer to keep it private. However, Mazel Tov on the birth of a wonderful boy in the family of Simchas and Nachas. Emeritus Hashem, may you continue to have Nachas from this child and from all the children that you have and to continue to build a bias name of Yisrael together with you and your husband, Emeritus Hashem, till 120 and to continue seeing Nachas and to look with a beautiful thank you and an appreciation to have such wonderful friends of the family. Mazel tov, mazel tov. Amen. Yes, a very, very special person. With us, Rav Nissen and the family, I should say, since we started the, the programs and way before, but every program. So thank you and thanks for sharing with us the Simcha. Now, to um, the number to call in, for those of you who would like to ask a question, is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. What do you say to that question that we've had? You know, I, was, I wasn't in this. I just I prepared the computer, prepared this, so I'm sorry. I couldn't tell Yeah, there's so much going on. So, okay, no so problem. We have Mrs. G. Mrs. G, you're on with more than her of Nissen. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Go ahead. Um, my kids were supposed to go babysit by babysit for my daughter-in-law for their their nieces and nephews. Yeah. And um, I had a bris, and they went, and I asked my daughter-in-law if it's if it's okay if they come with um, two cousins. So she said, sure, no problem. So my kids arrived there with um, the cousins, and. And my my granddaughter, she doesn't know the cousins. It's their second cousins. So, like, she was telling my kids, like, why did you come? I didn't want you to come. And she was, like, all upset. 
and she just um, didn't want to stay home, so she went along with her mother. Is it normal for an eight-year-old, like, to talk like that? The eight-year-old is the one that told your, let's say, my kids, aunt? their aunts, that yeah, why did you come? I didn't want you to come because she. I guess you got upset that she, they came with um, um, other other girls that she didn't know. Yeah. Is it possible she's shy? If she was upset, so is it normal to talk? Let's. So first, let's understand. We use the word "is it normal." The answer mm-hmm. is yes. And let's understand that children. What happens with children is that they have a um, an emotional regulation, or they're learning emotional regulation. That's why they're children. That means that they could be hurt, they could be angry, they can cry, they can have, they can say things they don't even mean. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to teach them what's appropriate language, what's not appropriate language. That's part of our chinuch education. But let's recognize, at eight, they're not going to master it. They, it, it takes more years to master. How many times do we get upset? It's almost embarrassing to say, but us adults as parents, how often do we yell and scream when we're telling ourselves, stay calm? How many times do, you know, how many times do we hear a Rav give a Joshua or something and we start getting attacking instead of respecting them? How many times do we need to really wake up and say, that was a big mistake? So if that's us, adults, mature people, that we have everything figured out. I love when these people, as you know, so mature about everything. So don't you think we can allow an eight-year-old to make mistakes or to mm-hmm. learn or to teach them how to speak? Mm. Now, hold on. There's a second part to it. But what happens if the parents don't teach this eight-year-old, saying, I understand why you did that, but it's not appropriate? Please call up your aunt the next day and apologize. Let's practice. Instead of my son apologized, he was he felt bad. Instead of telling his child to apologize, he called to apologize. That's okay. That's very good that your son apologized. That is beautiful. But now we want to teach the eight-year-old. That's part of chinuch. When the eight-year-old learns they're allowed to make a mistake, and you call up the next day and you say, I'm sorry, and this is the way you learn. That's responsibility. Mm. Remember, we all make mistakes. We continue to make mistakes. She does have a problem that um, amongst, if she doesn't know the people, then she gets very shy, and she like, she's not herself. She, she yeah, I understand. We understand everything. Mm. Is it? Is it? How do you open? How do you make her not be shy? Let's say if I have neighbors in my house, she becomes very shy. She she just stands aside. Okay, Harvnissa, what would you say? How would you help a girl that's shy to get involved? Uh, I w- <clears throat> oh, I if I she have... knows the girl, then it's not a problem. Yeah. But in the beginning, she's like very shy. She just stands aside. Harvnissa is going to address this. Just know it's mm-hmm. age appropriate for eight year olds uh, to be shy. How many, how I'm shy times, many times. How many times the, our children tell us? I hate you. You know, how many times, you know, as, as, as a, a children, you know, that uh, don't like something and immediately they have a reaction, you know, just overwhelm the reaction that we don't accept, you know. This is very normal. I think that it's really uh, age appropriate. And I think that the aunt or the other people that was not supposed to be uh, insulted and to understand this is really a, a child uh, uh, reaction. And it's happened all the time, you know. I think that uh, we... We as adults, you know, I, as a parent, I can tell you that many times I see my kids standing uh, things that I, I would never dream that to hear from them, but it's happened. 
and it's it's a it's a it's a, a, a I would say it's very natural that they talking to us to their relative close relative in the street. I don't think that she would dare to tell it in the street or really really and people that they don't know. She doesn't know in the street. It's only that she can take her frustration or as shy as you said outside uh, on the close cycle. Mm. And uh, just, you know, how to be not shy. Believe me, that's uh, working on her confidence and uh, that she, she is a, a bright, bright girl. She's a well know, you know, everybody loves her and stuff. Accept her behavior. And I think this is, this is going to, uh, uh, will help her how to overcome the, uh, the shyness. The shyness, right. To give a lot of confidence. Yes. All right, thank you now, a lot. Thanks a lot. The last point I would like to add on to that also is that the way you help a girl or a kid get out of shyness is two or three major points. Number one, to understand that don't put the pressure that an eight-year-old has to be so outspoken. Give her time. In other words, mm. today we want everyone to be the extrovert, the one that yells, the one that speaks, the one that's, I don't use the word chutzpah, but the one that's outgoing. Let's recognize that some kids are allowed to be more introverted, more space. In fact, I would say 80 or 90% of the world is more calmer and quieter. And around new people, they're allowed to be uncomfortable, step one. Step two is what we do is now how you start building it up. You start preparing them. Someone is going to come tomorrow or the uncle is going to come watch you, but we don't want him to be alone, so he'll have a friend come along. You could just say hello. We'll be there. When you say hello, you can go to your room. You can read a book. You can ask him for something. He can talk to you. You start slowly, and you prepare her a couple of times. And if not today, then tomorrow. We're going to go like we'll go to new places, and you start the exposure therapy. You start training them in how to be around people and how to speak and how comfortable they are. Uh, All right. All right. Thanks a lot for your help. You're very uh, okay. welcome. Good night. You're very welcome. Good night. We're going to go to Ms. M. Hi, I'm on. Yes, you're on. Okay, I'd like to ask you a question. So my question is like this. There's a girl in my class that is trying to get into my group of friends, and she's giving me a very cold shoulder. Like, this is going on, like, for two weeks already. And just to give extra information, this girl was, uh, like, a year ago, my friend, like, we were two sums, and now, like, I'm in this group, and she came now in, but she's giving me a very cold shoulder. I feel like she's very hurt. That Can we just her. give names like A, B, C, and D, just so it makes it easier? What? Could you just give me, you have a friend A and a friend B. A year ago, C said, now now C is back in my friends. Okay. Could you just give me numbers? So just, yeah, honestly, I'm sure okay. I'm getting it clear. So a year ago, I was A's friend, and I drafted her for some reason. And yeah. now I'm B, C, and D's friend, and A is trying to get in, but she's giving me a very cold shoulder, while she's trying to get along with BCND. All right, what's your question now? So how can I solve that she, should, she shouldn't give me a cold shoulder? Like, what can I do? Well, before what can you do, why do you think she's giving you a cold shoulder? She's, like, avoiding avoids to go with me, and I see... Good, well, like, why do you think she's avoiding to go with you? I guess she feels very hurt that I'll drop her again. I don't know. That's right. Or, first of all... You just said the second point. I mean, she might be afraid that if she would join the friends, you will drop her again. But how about the first before that? Hey, she's still angry at you for dropping her a year ago. Mm-hmm. I understand, but I understand. But what can I do to it? Well, have you ever tried talking to her directly? Of course I did. Yeah, what do you tell her? 
I was trying to have an open um, discussion with her, but she she said she doesn't want to talk. Okay. So, okay, so she doesn't want to talk. What's your next step? Um, oh, like, oh, I did it calmly. I didn't want to do it, like, too fast. Oh, I want to do the right things. So I didn't do it, like, this is already for two weeks, and I didn't do anything yet to it. Just trying to have an open discussion with her, but she's avoiding that. And besides Let that, me ask you something. Let me be, can we pl- do a role play? I'm going to be her, and you be you. Okay, let's just try this. I'm okay. going to go... I don't understand. Why do you want to speak to me now after a year of ignoring me? So the thing was, it was before camp, and I'm sorry, but I didn't. You didn't want to come in camp. I want to make. I wanted to make new friends, and maybe you were also not so social. So I figured, like, I want to have more social friends to be in camp with. But you hurt me. I'm angry at you. You dropped me. I ca- you came back to camp. You were popular, and I had no one. Yeah, I'm I don't want. I don't want to be you now. I understand, but um, I know that I didn't do the right thing to drop you. And Why I'm not, by the way? You might have done now. the right thing. You might have done the right thing. Maybe not dropping completely, getting more balance, saying I'm going to have other friends too. I'm willing to be your friends. I'm willing to be others' friends. Mm-hmm. See the balance. So, but, like, I feel very tense now with my friends. Like, since she came in, she's trying to go with the other girls, and she voiced to go with me. Like, we're all Uh together. So let me ask you. Let's change your question. Let's rephrase your question. Your question, I wonder if your question is not about this friend that she wants to come back. Is the question that you're afraid you're going to lose your friends, B, C, D? Exactly. If A gets involved? Exactly. This is my fear. Good. So let's now change your question. Your question is that you had a girl that a year ago you didn't handle correctly. And now she's becoming your friend, and you're afraid that she's going to do to you what you did to her. She might become B, C, D's friends, so mm-hmm. it'll be now A, B, C, and D, and you're going to be kicked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Now that's a real fear. Now that fear you discuss with B, C, and D. Actually, this fear I didn't discuss with B, C, and D because I was trying to discuss with them, but... They like the, this girl, so I didn't want Good. to do harm Good. It's wonderful them. that they like her. She has a right to have friends. Great. Mm-hmm. But you still have a right to have a fear. Okay. So you're going to discuss it with B, C, and D and say, look, I might not have acted so nice with friend A, and now she's becoming your friend. I'm afraid I'll be dropped. I was discussing it with them. They said they didn't have... They said um, I, I wasn't the picture. I don't know. So eventually what does it that will mean? get better. Right. Well, well, what's there to know? You're not talking about the past. You're talking about the present. Yes. You're saying, now I am afraid that if you guys will drop, that if you guys will become friends with her, you will drop me. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was trying to tell them, but like a few times I was trying just not to keep it in my system. I was trying to tell them like how it went, and they said, like, okay, they were just listening to me like like a friend should be. They didn't, you know, they would just tell me like, okay, yeah, wait, let's Eventually stop a second. We'll I just better. repeated myself twice, and you repeated yourself twice. We're not getting anywhere. What was my response to you? That I should have, I should talk to the BC Andy, that I have a fear of the girl A? And what will happen if you speak to BC Andy? What are you going to tell them? Um, I'll tell them that I'm afraid... I'm afraid that she's 
uh, that she will kick me out of the group. And what will happen then? I'll be ha- what what are you looking to hear from B, C, and D? That they want to make a balance. Yes, and what will you feel if you hear that there will be a balance? I'll be, like, very tense-free, and I'll be very calm. Exactly. Now, I want to take worst-case scenario. What happens if they, chas v'shalom, tell you that they, don't, they want to be ace friend and they don't want to be yours friend anymore? Then what? Um, I don't know. I'll be very... Hurt? You'll be sad, and you will move on. And you will grow, and you will get stronger. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. So I, I, I want you to believe in yourself. There are so many teenagers listening now, and they're afraid that if they lose their friend, they lose everything. Absolutely not true. You will get up. You are strong. Friendship is important, but the power is within you. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Yes, the power is within you, and you are so powerful and strong. So I cannot lose my friends through that? Say that again? So I cannot lose my friends through that, right? You might lose your friends, but you'll make new friends. We can't hold anyone our hostage. We've got to let go. People will make their choices. They're allowed to make their choices. Mm-hmm. Some will hurt us. Some will benefit us. But we move on if we know the power and success is within us. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Thank therefore, you. when you're open and you discuss it openly, you can get the reassurance. Even if you might not have the answer that you want to hear, as long as you're not walking around in fear, you're strong. There's yes. a concept that we have in Yiddishkeit. It's Ein Simcha Katoros Hasveikis. There's no more clarity or happiness when the suffix, when the doubts get clarified. When you know where you're heading, it might be painful, but at least you know where you're heading. There's a peacefulness, this unknown, this fear, this two weeks of being in doubt and not knowing what's happening is a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, Excellent. I'll do that. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, be open. And just know this is a very normal, common issue. Being mm-hmm. open and maybe we can teach a lesson for those of us that are listening to us that we should stop being so black and white and to be more gray areas. That means if you had a friend and you're not going to be their friend, don't just also become nothing at all. Don't just drop it cold turkey. Go to the middle ground. Speak mm-hmm. to them. Tell them you can be my friend, just not my best friend. Like I want to hang around other friends also. We'll mm-hmm. hang around on a Tuesday. We'll speak at night once a night, but not the hours that we used to do. We don't need to have this black or white, the middle ground. Mm-hmm. Yes. So understand. So I'll try yeah, that. Yeah, and that's you. the lesson that you learned. Now, what would have happened if you would have told this friend after the summer, look, I'm going to camp. I understand you don't want to go to camp. I'm going to make other friends, and I might make some other best friends, but I'm still your friend, and you still hang around, hang out with her. Once in two weeks, you tell you know we're off on Sunday. Let's you know let us meet or Shabbos. Let's go somewhere. Whatever it should be. Mm-hmm. How would you have felt now if A wants to be their friend and you still kept a friendship with her? Not close, not a best friend, because things move on. But you still kept friends with them. How would they feel then? We'll feel like even like everyone's friends with everyone. Everyone will feel like calm and no one feel like no one's taking away everyone's friends. That's beautiful. That's right. That's the beauty that you are sharing to so many thousands of people right now to learn a healthier way of not being so black and white. Either we're friends or I don't talk to you at all. No, there can be there can be different level friends at different times in our life. We have different levels. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. I really You're appreciate very, your You're very, very, very welcome. The number okay. to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And there's a text message that we received many, many times. Our Nissen has now asked me to please address it because of the deep pain of this question. And it goes as follows. To Mordechai, it's been a long time I've kept it in. Now I finally decided I can't go on any longer like this. Since when I remember my house was always tense. My father never worked, and he is unwilling to support our family. So my mother, without any choices, has to work hard while doing most of the housework alone. And the person kept some things in parentheses to keep private. My father is most of the time home busy questioning. He would corner me when my mother is not around and question me with the most weirdest questions and still not believe me. He goes to a different sibling's or after making an order, he would check all the products to make sure that everything is, is appropriate. For dinner, he buys his own stuff, not wanting to eat what my mother made. He's not trusting her kashras. At Simchus, we always go alone without my father. He goes separately. We feel we never got love for my father. When my friends come over, he embarrasses me in front of them. At the Shabbos he goes out, and we mostly eat alone. I never felt that I can share something with him. I won't. He won't understand me, and again, certain... Uh, parentheses are kept in private. He's always against us, would scream at us, and there's fighting, screaming. I'm just skipping ahead with uh, with this teenager. Um, Let's go over here. My mother can't handle it, fighting and screaming all the time. Sometimes she can't even sleep from the pressure. She lets out all the pain onto us. I can't anymore. My whole family suffers. Please try to give me some advice. I'm desperate to hear your answers. Thank you so much for for your work, Hashem should repay you with Hatzlach and whatever you do, a tense teenager. And Rav Nissen, I'm only taking this question because you requested. You know, I, I read it a few times, and I tell you, 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 you hear the screaming from the text. Yeah. The, really the screaming of the help. And this is why I ask you to answer it. And uh, Yes. And this person has sent a message several times. Yes. So let me tell you why I hesitate to answer such a question. Because it's so complicated. There is so much involved, and there is even the process of healing that I hear that can be complicated, but we got to start. So for the teenager, let's get you to the right path. The first step is, and everyone's going to tell you, probably your father or mother might tell you not, but that is the appropriate step. First, get help. Get help means open up to a Rebbe, and if you're a girl, to a teacher. You must not keep it in within yourself, because keeping in the silence will keep it unhealthy. Now, I still have to be honest, and I can't tell you if I don't. That's why I try to avoid such complicated questions. By opening up to a teacher, they might contact your parents or not. They might speak to the principal. They might get help, which is needed. But then very likely you're probably going to get blamed from your parents for opening up. Very likely, if not from your mother, then from your father. But it's still the right thing to do. And really what you need is you need someone to guide you. You need someone to hold your hand through this process because it's not like a one-time answer or a one-time deal you opened up and you feel better. The house is dysfunctional. And there's a lot to do, but it can take several years to straighten out as complicated as the way you're writing it. But the first step is you need to save yourself. Because, Chas if you're stuck in this tremendous pain, you'll only add on to the burden and to the pain. And the way for you to survive, the way for you to live, is to get help. And to get help means you either open up to the family, Rav, you open up to a teacher, to the principal, you open up to someone that you know has a connection to the emotional health that 
and start guiding you and taking you. There's so much more that I'd like to say, but everything I say will be so controversial and so complicated. We so my... Yes, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. If you have some problem, tense, please talk it out. Talk with the trusted rabbi, mechanech, mechanechet, you know. And yeah. I, I would say that uh, I think yesterday the daf yomi was the par. If somebody is makpid in the sofa and the end of this, they will give him a non-kosher food if he's so machmir in his house, you know. When yeah. you are just so stubborn, so tough, in the end, you're going, this This is part of teaching the, the homeowner, the, the father, that if when, when he reach a point that nobody can stand about what he's doing, and eventually it will, they will give him a, a tariff, tariff, you know, and besides what is effect that he's doing to the whole family. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And again, I, I don't hear that this guy's a machmer. That's why I don't even want to save someone's two from, I really hear many disorders. In what this person described, there are lots and lots of disorders. It's possible of major OCD, which is when, when I see people with extreme OCDs, they don't trust their wives' hashgachas. Not because of their wives, they just feel maybe the cleaning lady might have put a, a fork or milchiks. There's a lot of disorders that I hear, and I don't even want to share it because I don't want this teenager to start saying, my father's got that disorder or that disorder. No, no, the, the, the situation is a lot more complicated than that, than just giving one or two diagnoses. The first step is open up to someone that you can trust, someone in the system. That's the first step to get some understanding. And from there, let the Rabbeinu Shalom guide you a lot further. Uh, we are going to go to Mrs. D. Mrs. D, you're on the air with and her Nissim. Yes, hi. Um, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old son and a one-year-old son. Hold on. And my... Be careful that any question under the age of eight parenting, we usually don't address. I just say it's age-appropriate and usually just take a, a workshop that will guide you because it's more skills-based. But you can go ahead and ask your question. Uh, if I'm do- I mean, my two-and-a-half-year-old, like, I mean, is clearly jealous of my younger one, which I know is, like, age-appropriate, but he always um, hits my younger one. And Rav Scheinberg says that if you um, if you hug your, your other one, like, he's really looking for the attention, then it'll help him get over the the jealousy. But, I mean, I've been doing it for a year, and it's not really getting anywhere. I want to know if you had any I, I sure, this is so. sure. A kid is absolutely healthy and normal, and it's just more skills-based. It's not a one-time advice. It's a skills-based. Uh-huh. It takes several sessions of a parenting workshop, which just gives you the understanding, the skills, and how to do it, and then the next week when it works partially, or when it works 30%, how to follow up. So that's our goal. All right? So it's a normal. I want you to know it's very common and easy to work on, not complicated at all. Uh, do you have any um, specific uh, workshops that you would uh, recommend? Oh, I guess I can promote mine, Merit Hashem. I plan on starting mine in about the next uh, four to five weeks, Merit Hashem. plan on doing a parenting workshop. But I usually don't, I don't recommend anyone because whenever I recommend something and there's something wrong with it, then I get blamed. So if I'm not getting any money off it, I'm not getting any <laughs> positive stuff or that just to get the blame... You know, I, I don't like doing that. So my own stuff, I can take the credit, and I can also take the responsibility for that. So right. that's what usually I refer to relief. They're the referral organizations, and they take the credit, and they take the responsibility when things don't go that well either. Right. You know, okay. Or ECHO, those are wonderful organizations. But Merit Hashem, I should be probably doing my parenting workshop. We do it once a year. I'll probably be doing it in the next five, six weeks, probably uh-huh. the end of January or February time. And how do you find them information? 
about that. What parenting. was what was the what's your question? How do you find out more information about your parenting workshop? Um, we'll probably be announcing it over here on, on the radio, Marisha. Very good. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Appreciate the question. Thank you. We are going to go to Ms. G. Ms. G, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello? Yes. Yes. You're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Thank you. Do you have a question? Yes. I'm nine years and I'm turning ten. Mm-hmm. My grade is usually turning to 11, and I'm a year younger than my grade. And basically, they, they, they keep me as a younger girl. When I want to play with my neighbors, they ignore me, and it's causing problems. And I feel that I can't anymore. I tried solving the problems by myself, and I tried, and I feel that I can't anymore. Who do you have helping you and guiding you? Do you discuss it with your mother? Do you discuss it with the teacher? Um, sometimes my mother, yes. Good. Do you ever discuss it with the teacher? Do you know if your mother discussed it with the teacher? Um, not really, no. All right, so these are things that you actually discuss with the teacher. So you update the teacher, and then the teacher will tell you what what we can do about it. It's not actually with classmates. Oh, it's not with classmates? I assumed, I thought you said it was with classmates, the girls that you're a year younger than them in their class. It's neighbors. I'm a year younger than my neighbors and my grade. How do you manage in your grade? Sometimes I just sit on my seat. I just don't do anything. So let's understand what's the issue. So the issue is that you have a difficulty making friends. Why don't you have girls your age? I have girls my age. It's it's rated the girls in the grades. And I have the girls my age around me always. Let's let me try to get this clear. You let's you're you're nine years old, right? Yes. Are there girls nine and a half in your around your house where you live? I'm turning ten. Uh, no, no, no. I, for my question, 11. hold on, please, just answer my question. All right. Let me be a bit gentler with you. Your what makes your question complicated is you're trying to tell me it's about the age. So I'm trying to assess if it's the age that you're a year younger than them, or do you have a difficulty making friends that you don't know how to make friends? Maybe in the rules on how to make friends. Maybe you feel intimidated. Maybe they're really way. So we can find out if you have girls your age. What happens when you have girls your age? Shabbos. When I playing with them, they usually ignore me. Now, and your age? In. My age, I don't really yeah. have age. What? I don't really have my age. You don't have, there's not even one girl nine and a half turning ten in your, around where you live, around your house? I have girls turning nine and a half. Okay, good, Eight. nine and a half, a half a year is the same age. Yes. 
There are girls turning nine and a half. Are you friends with them? I, but usually they play by themselves. They keep as their own group. So aren't you able to get into their group or into yours? I tried to. All right, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. The, what. What I would make a recommendation is like this. You have your mother speak to the teacher. They have a difficulty with friends or with connecting to your class. And let's now start having the teacher help out a little. Okay? She might give some exercises with girls where you'll be participating with other girls. Okay? Because okay, you need help. Making friends is a skill. We need to learn that skill. Okay. And that's, that's it. Thank you for calling in. That's very brave of you. We want to teach you. You want to learn the skills on how to make friends. Okay, okay. thank you. You're very welcome. We are going to go to Miss I. Ms. I, you're on the air with Mordechai and Rav Nissen. Hi, I have a question. Um, I have difficulty in making eye contact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was wondering, like, it's quite interesting. Well, it's interesting. Usually people that have a difficulty making eye contact, they don't sound that confident. You happen to sound very confident. Well, I am. Good. So what would you say is difficult um, making eye contact? When you have to look someone in the eye, what do you feel? What are your thoughts? What's going through your mind? I just feel like, like, stay away. Like, I don't know. Like, don't look. And if you look, what's the feeling? I can't just can stop, like... No, 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 you're describing the symptoms. I want to stop. I want to go deeper than that. I want to go deeper than that. I want to go deeper. When you look them in the eye, what are the thoughts that are coming coming to you? Oh, you don't, you shouldn't, you're embarrassing them, you might be doing something wrong. What's the thoughts that go through your mind when you're making eye contact? We know the symptoms. We know your body's response of tension and fear. That's normal, but what are the thoughts? I want to get the automatic thoughts. Less of us. Um. Quickly, quickly, I'm you can sure. do it. First thought, you make eye contact. What happens? What are you thinking? I don't deserve it, I shouldn't, I'm bad, I'm hurting them, I'm embarrassing them. I don't think anything, I just think that I don't want they to look into my eyes. Because, finish the sentence, because, if they will look in your eyes, they will see what? I don't know. Okay, so in therapy, we do the next step. I understand you're on air and you might not feel comfortable, that's okay, but just know it's not an I don't know. There is a very specific reason, and that's exactly what we do in therapy and in the workshop that we have that once a year, the Anxiety to Serenity workshop, that's exactly what we do. We start teaching you how to go into the automatic thoughts, how to start identifying what are those, when we have those fears, those emotions, those concerns. Anytime we have doubts going through our mind, that's really what the Anxiety to Serenity workshop is about. When is that workshop? I have no idea. Didn't schedule it out yet. The year next next workshop, Mitchell, will be the parenting workshop. Uh-huh. But I'm just I'm just explaining to you. That's what you do in therapy. We start going into those automatic thoughts. When you make eye contact, what are the thoughts? 
What are you afraid of? What are you confident about? What are you, what are you hesitant about? There's got to be something there, and we've got to know what those are, and then we can start the therapy process of changing it and healing it. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you so much. Great. You're welcome. Okay. Just know that it's not because you're afraid to look at them in the eye. That's not, that's not the answer. There's a specific reason why. You're I will tell you a little bit. Look usually into your childhood. Was any of your parents a scary parent that you were afraid you had too much respect for, as it's called, or would yell at you? Or if you looked them in the eye, if you made eye contact, and everything gets dumped on you. I know someone that told me that the safest way in their house was to always look down, because if you made eye contact with the mother, father, or the oldest siblings, they're, oh, you? Help them bring this, let that. So if you don't make eye contact, those are always safe. Uh-huh. I'm saying besides for whatever else is going on, it can also deal with your childhood and with your survival mechanism, that when you don't make eye contact, you're safe. There can be a lot going on. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks. All right. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And the number to comment, to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And we're going to go to Mrs. Mrs. M, you're on with the air with Mordechai and her of Nissen. Yeah, hello, Rabbi Weinberger. Yes, hello. Hi, I love your show. Um, we really listen and we learn a lot. Um, I have a little bit of a issue. I'm wondering maybe you can help me. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some other listeners out there have the same issue. I have an adorable... Great, can I just ask you to just close the radio in the background? Yeah, just one second, just one second. Sure, thank yes. you. I'm sorry. Anyways, right. I have an absolutely adorable um, 15-year-old son, Baruch Hashem. He's one of my younger ones, and he has, Baruch Hashem, a very full day in yeshiva. Um, he leaves the house quite early, and he comes home, and he's he needs to unwind. Um, he's surrounded by sisters in the house, and um, he sees them on the phone with their friends doing homework, socializing, schmoozing, whatever it is. And um, he sometimes will chep them or whatever, but my problem is not even so much the chepping. His unwinding till he can go to bed um, takes him a long time. Then when he gets to bed, he likes to read. He's an avid reader. We have a lot of kosher material um, in the home. Um, a big advocate, Baruch Hashem. He's a smart boy. His learning is good. He's kneinar. He's doing very well in yeshiva, but he just falls asleep very, very, very late. And we hear he's falling asleep in yeshiva. So, like he was telling me, Ma Baruch Hashem, I'm not learning disabled. I'm just sleeping disabled. Oh, I, I'm wondering, he needs that time. I know he needs that time to unwind. It's a very long, stressful day. And the only outlet that he has is the reading. So he's reading this man or, the, uh, or whatever it is that we have over here. And he'll even read it over and over again. But this is the only outlet. But he just falls asleep so late. And I just, I, I don't know. I mean, he's not my first. Good, good. Let's go hear what Ravnissa, Ravnissa, what do you have to say about this question? Um, so Hello? Can, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, we, first of all, it's normal. It's normal. I know. We have, I, have, I have teenagers, boys, and this is, you know, it's really normal. I think that, uh, all, all that have this kind of, is an yeshiva, right? Yes. And what time is come back home? 
He's not even home yet. Oh, so I, so I, you see, is they start in the morning. My kids start in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning, and mm-hmm. come back home nine. He's 30. out of the house by seven. Yes. Okay. So nine o'clock, nine o'clock, nine thirty, ten o'clock at night, they're coming home. Yes. Do you think? Do you think it's it's really uh, easy for the this? It's teenagers? not. I know it's not. So I think that uh, with, for example, my kids, I know that I, they're trying to, you know, to first of all, when they come home. It's a little bit uh, rewind themselves, you know, give them the nice, trying to give them some food if they don't eat in the yes, school. Yes, I know. We know. We try to have food prepared. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and besides, you know, just let it, you know, each kid is different also, different biological uh, terms of how many hours of sleeping. Some kids need more. Some kids need in the li- less uh, hours. This is body required. It depends on the, what, what, how it builds, you know. And check also the food. Maybe maybe he's eating too much sugar, too much carbohydrate, because sugar makes the person tired. It's giving a rush in the beginning. I have to get into this uh, kind of what the yeshiva, maybe, maybe the yeshiva give too much. He's, car- not, he's not too excited with the food in yeshiva. I know when he comes home, so, he can eat the table and chairs. He's okay, so, so ravenous. Okay, so so what I try is, to have something uh, for him to eat when he comes uh, home. Uh, yes, but, but um, he's, not also, he's not a big sugar person. He's no, not no, an, a big I, nasher. Let, let me ask you, when in the minute the person eat every every dinner every lunch uh he become tired automatically you know right it's very tiring so that's the body starting to re- rewind himself and become tired i think that you have to check maybe of check make a light dinner when he come home you know with salad with fruits with all this kind instead of every every issue and see how the reaction you know so, uh, maybe some additive like uh, vitamins uh, on the, you know omega three. Well, I'm trying to give him. I'm trying to give him vitamins also. Um, I just. I, I mean, he's like I said. One thing I do know, he's doing well in yeshiva, Baruch Hashem. But it's just it's 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 like they they they're telling me that by the time the afternoon, it's a very long day. He does. He dozes off in yeshiva. And like, uh, let me ask you, <laughs> which yeshiva is not uh, doesn't have any problem with the English uh, uh, side? English learning. Well, I would say that all yeshiva, this is a big issue, that the kids after after eight hours of learning the Limudeh Kodesh and coming to Limudeh uh, Chol, you know, this English terms, it's very, very tough. You have to be special teacher, special actress, special uh, performance to keep these kids alive Enter- and I working. Know. And, all. and then later, after this, they're going to a night setter. Right, it's right. I know. Let me let me ask. Somebody gave me this suggestion. I don't know if it's appropriate for a fifteen-year-old. If I could find somewhere, I mean, I know we de- we deal with children. We give them an incentive. Um, if maybe I I know something in the back of my mind that he would like, whatever. That if I would tell him. If I know that you are going to go to sleep at a normal time, I mean, I feel funny doing this for a 15-year-old. I don't want to give him a bedtime chart, but just to give him that push, maybe just to get him to go to sleep earlier, does it make sense to do that for a 15-year-old, just to know that he's trying to go to sleep earlier, and then we'll see if he's going to try to stick to that schedule. We could get him something, or is that too juvenile for a 15-year-old? I'd like you to know that I personally love that idea, which means... Everyone likes gifts, including our, at our age. We like that. Now, there's another point I'd like to mention. Is, oh, here's where you've got to be able to be a little bit more assertive on your son, which means you'll tell him, got to close the light, got to put away the book, and you've got to go to sleep early. But Thursday nights, which is a little shishi, which is okay if you're up later. 
But we. But he comes home. Be- he comes home even later on Thursday night. They stay in Yeshiva even later. Back. Let's take a step back. You're you're feeling for him, and you're going into his world. He needs time. He needs space. We know all that. But Yeshiva system is also got a lot of loose time as well, which means understand sleep is important. We the parents have to be on top, on charge, and to be able to say. I'll give you 20 minutes, I'll give you a half hour to read, but it's somewhere. I want to clarify, I'm saying everything adding on to what Harav Nissen said. It means Harav Nissen said, check out about the food, understand right, that this right. is normal for kids to sleep. Everything that he said is correct, and I was just adding on to what you said, that it's, it is important that if you want, you can either not do a chart, quote-unquote, but say, you know something, if you go to sleep every night besides for Thursday night, or you want the Friday night, you can read till late at night, you know that, but during the week, during a week eat night, you have to go to sleep by 11 o'clock, I'm closing the light, then that's something you can do. The, your teenager might challenge you, but if you give room and the other places, they would accept it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one other point for you to be aware of, that one of our listeners sent me a message on a different level, and that was saying maybe your son is a deep thinker. And, and yes, he has a hard time going to sleep because he's reviewing his day, so therefore what he's trying to do is he's trying to uh, avoid the thinking or not think about the problems, and therefore what he is going to do is dwell on it at night before he goes to sleep. Say that again. Do you mean to tell me that he's going to be dwelling on these issues before That's he right. falls asleep? Very likely. That's what teenagers, especially teenage girls, mm-hmm. go through. That a lot of he is. He's very analytical. He's a very analytical type of a person. Well, it might be. So you might ask him: Is part of the issue falling asleep that you're reviewing your day, so you just try to read and like just fall asleep when you're exhausted. Mm. If that's the case, then it might be some other reason. And it might also be that he's eating a lot ahead of time, like the Ravnus said, and maybe all those sugar is what's causing him to stay up. Could also mm-hmm. be, which is most likely, as Ravnus said, he's a normal teenager. Is, is melatonin advisable? I'm just, just curious. Would you advise even to try at that stage to give melatonin? I mean... I know people do that with youngsters. I mean, he's 15. <laughs> Again, now we're getting into natural stuff and things like that. Okay, I fine, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, personally, I personally wouldn't, I personally do it. It means I got one of the kids I like me. It means if I sleep a little bit during a, a Shabbos afternoon, I can't sleep till like 3, 4 in the morning. So I actually take melatonin. It's a natural Oh, wow. Well, uh-huh. So I don't have a difficulty doing it. And one of my kids is like me, sort of my genetics, and she actually would take a melatonin. Mm-hmm. However, still, just for us to realize that it's still normal, and this is okay. a healthy difficulty and a healthy battle to oh, have. Oh, yeah, Baruch Hashem, like, like I say, I'm, I'm very grateful he's doing very well in yeshiva, except right. they have made comments that and he does And one of the points you do is involve the yeshiva with you. It means tell the yeshiva to speak to him directly. Uh-huh. And this way you could say, you know, something, I will speak to your Rebbe. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> That's why they made us aware of it. So, That's um, right. But, but so like now I say, you work together with them, and this way they'll tell you what's normal. Yeah, yeah, I know. Good. But, okay, Excellent. listen, I, I will definitely take in. your words to heart, and I appreciate your um, show, and I appreciate your advice. You have always something so positive and worthwhile to say and to listen to from our end, and um, I thank you very much, and I wish you Vaitrat Lacha. Thank okay, you very much. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye. Sure, certainly. And we are going to go to Mrs. S. Hi, you're on with Mordechai and Harav For those of you that would like to call in and ask your question or your comment, with the greatest of pleasures, the number is 
858, looking forward to taking your question or your comments. And we have Mr. S. Mr. S, you're on e. with Mr. Mordechai e. and Harav Nissen. Mr. E, right now, Mr. S, just drop. Oh, Mr. E. Yes, hello? Yes, Shalom Aleichem. Um, I sometimes have a, how, um, how are you? Wonderful, Baruch Hashem, thank you. Um, sometimes I have problems, like, when I get really nervous, I just, like, feel like my eyes are getting watery, even though they're not, like, like, I can't, sometimes I can't look at people straight in the face. So, are you telling me that you have a medical condition? No. No, so explain to me. All I heard the words were that sometimes you get water in your your eyes get watery, a teary, and then you. Can no, and I get scared. Like let's say, um, yeah, give me more information. Give me some more background to your question. Like let's say something. Somebody, my teacher, calls me out of class. Sometimes I won't be able to look to them straight in the face. Yeah. Because I feel now, like why I would get you scared. Say I get watery. Looking good. Explain it. Why do you have a difficulty looking them in the face? Yeah. Why? 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 It's a question. Why? Oh, why? Um, what do you see? What are you afraid of? I'm like, actually, I don't really, like, sometimes I'm afraid, but sometimes I'm not. I just, like, get watery. Like, I feel like it gets watery, even though it's not. And then I, like, sometimes think to myself, like, that they think I'm, like, they see my eyes getting watery, even though it's not, like, I don't know, I feel like in a strange way that um, they realize they think I'm nervous or whatever. I'm always afraid of that, that they think like I'm nervous or something. All right, so your question is a bit more complicated for me to reply right now, okay? Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. So now, what we are going to do is, we are going to go to Mrs. Z. You're on the air with Mordechai and Aram Nissen. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, And Mrs. Z, you're on with Mordechai and Aram Nissen. Yeah, hello, Mordechai. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, my pleasure and my honor. Yeah, I have a question. First, my English is not the best. I hope you will understand me. Um, yep. I, yeah, I have a sister that she's having a lot of anxiety, and uh, I had a 16-year-old daughter in my house for Shabbos. Yeah. And uh, she just moved to a new house, so after the Suda, we were schmoozing, and uh, we asked her, what do you like best about the new house? And she said uh, the storage room in the basement, and, uh, you know, in the storage room on the headache. And I was, like, shocked. I mean, obviously I was not shocked because this girl is probably running away from the anxiety. <laughs> but um, I was Let me understand. When you asked her, what do you like the house? So she said the the, uh, the, the basement and the yeah, upstairs. The storage, the storage in the basement storage. and the storage on the And, on the and you're assuming she meant that because that's the place where she isn't around her mother that has anxiety? That's what? Why are you assuming those are the safe places? No, she she was saying that that this is the place what she loves the best about the house. Because why? No, so I so I asked her, what do you mean? Like, what are you doing the storage? No chair, no you know nothing. What are you doing the storage room? What do you like about the storage? 
So she said, because I, I'm sitting on the suitcases and I love to read and nobody bothers me. Mm-hmm. So my question is, what if you think if I should say anything to my to my sister? I have a question for you. Do you think your sister is curious where her daughter is? Um, no, I don't think so. No. Do you think if she, if you were the mother, it would, it would, you would be wondering where your daughter is if she's missing for hours? Yeah, if or, she's or running, if, she, if she's running only to the attic, yeah. Yeah. So, do you mm-hmm. think? So, what do you think should be the next step? So, it sounds like there's something going on with your sister. That's what I said in the beginning, that it's a lot of anxiety in the house. Right. So do you think by telling your sister, how do you think that will help? No, so my question is if I should just make her aware that what, what she said. If okay, she, let's say you'll make her aware. Very good. Then mm-hmm. what? What? Okay, then what will happen? Take it to the end. You inform her. Then what? My question is like this. She, she started to go for therapy now. Who, your so, sister or I your niece? My question is if I should wait or I, sh- I shouldn't say wait, anything. Your sister, who started going for therapy, your sister or your niece? Yeah, my sister started, started okay, now. Okay, then you can inform her. That's very good. Baruch Hashem, they started the process, yes. Mm-hmm. I just want you know, we have about 30 seconds left, so I'm going to give the short version. Is You can mention it to your sister that I just want to inform you. Your daughter mentioned me that she has the quiet place in the attic, and in the basement, um, you know, that's the quiet places, maybe discuss it, you know, with the therapist or discuss what to do. Mm-hmm. But it's a very complicated question when you don't have hands-on, when you're not... No, I mean, I was shocked. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a man the, the last yeah. few days since I heard this answer from the child. Yes, yeah. okay, great. So we have about three kid. seconds to go, so I'd like to okay. thank everyone for calling in, and uh, I'd like to thank her for having this once again, and Hatzlach, and this I have a wonderful evening. Forward to speaking to you all next week.